Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. And I'm the co-host or sidekick with the good side smile, Rob Land. I think sidekick is doing yourself a little injustice there. Um, but this we're, week... We're both sidekicks. We're like the... Oh, we're, we're, like we're the, co-sidekicks? We're There's like no the hero on the show. Yeah, we're like the sidekick <laughs> driving the sidekick on the motorcycle. <laughs> Neither of us actually have a motorcycle. It's just two of those sidecars stuck yes, together. Yeah, two sidecars. <laughs> Getting pushed... Getting pushed in the middle by like a, a little little kid on a, a hoverboard. It's just like a rickshaw in the middle. Um, <laughs> Second mention of rickshaw in a four minute conversation. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Oh, what are we gonna do this week? Oh right, uh, we're gonna talk about fantasy soccer. Obviously, discussing price changes, who to start and sit, how to use your wild card, all kinds of stuff. How we're gonna split weeks eighteen and nineteen. Just stay tuned. We don't even know how we're gonna do all of it, but we're going to. And it should be great. Uh, but first up, we have price changes. One of the players that went up, I have a vested interest in, as I have him in a draft league. And I went on the Fan Feud podcast last week and said that I thought Willian and Ivanovic both still have value. Proved very effective at the weekend. Willian with two assists, Ivanovic with a goal and an assist. Um, but... Willian has been a monster. 17 chances created in his last five matches. Fifth among all players and chances created. Only four assists on the season, though. Two of those were last week. But assuming that Chelsea start improving under Hiddink, which I'm not saying is a given, uh, but if they start converting their chances, Willian could have a huge surge of productivity. But uh, they face seven top ten defenses out of their next ten matches. As a Chelsea fan, where do you stand on the whole... Chelsea player, but specifically a uh, Willian situation, especially with a new manager coming in that could again shift that whole Oscar Pedro Hazard Willian dynamic. Well, I think Willian is gonna, and he's already been there. Basically, he's gonna be that that playmaking guy with hitting what he was showing towards the tail end of the Mourinho days. Uh, Willian is definitely the guy you, you definitely want there. Um, his play is gonna make Oscar and to some degree, Pedro a little bit better. And then once uh, Hazard stops his either outfest or gets transferred to somewhere else where he, he doesn't really want to cry as much. Um, but Will, but Willian is, is the guy there. I mean, his creativity on the ball, like you said, chances created. He's the main free kick taker there. Um, <clears throat> you know, it remains to be seen that what, what degree of PK level he'll get involved in there to up his goal scoring capability with Chelsea. But like you said, they, they face seven of the top ten uh, highest-ranked defenses in the next coming weeks. So 
it's a good transitional period right now for anybody that wants has a question mark for the fifth defender or fifth midfielder, sorry, and they want to take a chance because everybody likes to have a Chelsea guy on their team. I mean, it's like one of those staple items, you know, food, bread, Chelsea midfielder. So, uh, will I like William? I mean, I don't know what's going to happen with Chelsea because of their matchups, but from a fantasy perspective, it's definitely definitely intriguing. Yeah, and I think. Uh... In many ways, I'm about to lose a bet with you already. I think it's kind of like Christian Eriksen, where even on his worst day, he's still taking all the free kicks and corners, and they're always threatening from those positions. So of all the Chelsea players, I think he is the best set to kind of ride out that tough fixture list. Um, another player that went up yet again, Della Ali, moves up again now at 5.2. Is it time for people to stop viewing him as a bargain bin option and start just looking at him as a solid option overall? He's averaging six points over his last five. Spurs face just one top ten defense in their next five. We we were talking before the show about fifth midfielders. Is he even in that category anymore, or is he now in the category of other players that started at very low prices that have now surpassed it and are just now good options? Yeah, you know it, it's funny that you said that. You know, I think he's progressed completely from that fifth midfielder, fifth midfielder because he's giving you fourth or even third midfielder you know, return on his 5.2, you know, investment. The good thing about Della Ali is that, you know, a lot of people right now are going back to, you know, the Sergio Aguero train, which is completely hilarious because I think he got blown over on a sidewalk today and got re-injured. <laughs> um, but his price point from a, a you want to make a move to get Ali in this week and then the, the following week you have all that, friendly budget from whoever you transferred out and probably three, 3.0 plus from when you, when you downshift to Ali, you could probably get Aguero. I mean, if that's what you're hankering for, I mean, everybody hankers for Aguero. I mean, he's already been transferred in 30,000 times this week. So um, crazy, but I, I don't know how people trust him. I, I mean, I know he has an excellent fixture coming up. They play, they face uh, Sunderland. So, but you know, Della Ali to me is that differential right now because uh i know we're gonna we're gonna talk a little bit about this but we might as well just break right into it now i mean the, the basic the basis of the, the fantasy world right now is basically based on a big template yeah uh you know everybody is starting the same three three players up front kaku Ogalu, vardy they're universally owned everywhere i think all are all three are owned over 40 percent right now which is nowhere where you want to make a make up the you know the, the points the midfield is the 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 point where you can, the point of contention with everybody, you can bring a, you can bring somebody in, or you can just stick to the normal and have the Barclays and you know the the, the Mareses, the Coutinho's, the Olsels, the De Bruyne's, the Silvas, any combination that you want. I mean, you could go completely across the board and you can go the five chalk guys, or you can bring in the top four, and then you could have a guy like Della Ali, who statistically isn't a, number, a fifth midfielder, but when you stack him up against the the Mareses and the Olsels and the Coutinho's and the Silvas. He basically is a fifth midfielder, mm. but I'm not saying that he is a fifth midfielder because statistically he's bringing you bringing you where you want to be. So I think if for for Ali's price point, if you're going to use Della Ali at five dot two, you're probably going to have to play him. So that's going to be at the sacrifice of somebody else that you don't really trust in the midfield, or you're going to shift downshift and, and use two forwards. So, I mean, it's an interesting strategy either way, but I, I'm loving Della Ali right now only because of his ownership, which is at 7%, and his price point, you know, which is 5.2, which is basically, you know, the bargain bin of what you want to buy in buy into at that fifth midfielder, mm-hmm. but he's giving you a return of, of, of a plus, you know, two or three, four midfielder. Yeah, and in case anybody thought we were kidding when we said we didn't know which order we were going to address things in, that raises a very interesting point on you might have to set a forward or something, which is when we're hitting this pseudo double match week where we just happen to have two full match weeks in one week period match weeks 18 and 19 respectively would there be more merit to bring in a player like Della Ali now only because you don't know who might be sitting the odd match and having that kind of depth would really benefit especially at this time of the year I you know what I mean if you're making moves to to capitalize on the short week because you have a gut feeling about something absolutely I mean I would I like Dell Ali only because he's play, he has two okay matches. I mean Norwich and Watford they're not 
you know, Norwich is a, is a, is a gimme for Spurs in my opinion, but the Watford match, you know, at it could be a tough one. Yeah. It's going to be, it's going to be tough. I mean, Spurs are going to be up there on the heels. They're, they're showing that their propensity for uh, being a great defensive team. Um, to me, the investment in Spurs players right now is completely on the back end. You know, Hugo Lloris is basically showing that he could be a top five scoring goaltender the rest mm. of the way with the defense in front of him. And, you know, if, if anybody's not owning one of the four defenders there, you know, Walker, Rose, Vertonghen, Kobe, one of those, one of those two or a combination of those two, I, I don't know what people are trying to look at. I mean, they're, they're, they're doing well. I mean, they have what, 13 conceded goals in the year or something like that, Kev? Yeah, still the second best defensive record. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's crazy. And with the two upcoming fixtures, it's kind of something you have to really dip into this week. Yeah, and uh, Toby is now the top scoring defender. Yeah, so, I mean, he, he should be owned universally everywhere. Yep, all excellent points from you. Also, I just realized I should apologize. I'm on very short sleep and in a different time zone, so my brain's all messed up. So if I'm not being funny, it's because I'm fighting to be awake right now. So, you know, excuses, etc. Um, <laughs> in terms of uh, players that are dropping in price, it was one of you boys. He's dropped off a lot. Virgil van Dyke now down to 5'5". Five, five. Looked incredible when he first joined Southampton. Struggled for form lately. Never more evident than it was last week when Kane just absolutely embarrassed him for his goal. Southampton haven't kept a clean sheet in their last five. Van Dyke has failed to earn more than two points in those five matches. Is there any value in hanging on to him? Or should people sell and just try to buy back in once they start to look a little better? No, there's there's no value there right now. Uh, his five dot five or whatever his price point is now, I think five was it five four. He went down five four. Mm. I mean, him and Cedric also went down. People were still riding the Cedric train for a while. I think he's still owned in five percent of leagues. Um, but yeah, this, the Saints defense to me is just they can't they can't find a rhythm. Uh, and with with the the games this week and then the short turnaround for game week nineteen, you know if if you're waiting for a defenseman like Virgil van Dyke to come around, this is not the time to do it only because mm. you, you need every body possible on your bench and usable roster spot because you never know what's going to happen. There, you know, three of your guys could get, could get injured and you can only bring in one without a penalty. So, I mean, you need guys that are actually have a favorable fixture are playing in form and are going to give you some value of return that could could you know benefit your team for the you know the two games in four day period? Mm. Excellent points. Do you have any uh, kind of price <laughs> changes that you want to address? No, uh, I mean, I think it's a it's a bad day to be a saint when you when the prices came out came yeah. out this week. I mean, Sadio Mane went down. You know, Virgil Van Dyke, like you said, Cedric. You know, I mean, the only person that really intrigues me on a on a price point that went down because we talked about it a couple of weeks ago when he was on when Keith was on mm. about how the you know the BPS system works and how players are awarded bonus points based on the you know the system. Yanam uh, Villa is his price went down. I know he's I know he's not a great player in in this format. You know, in other formats, he's a decent. You know, yeah, midfielder. he's a top fifteen midfielder in yeah. some draft format. So, um, you know, which is from, boggling considering yeah. who the players are around him. <laughs> Yeah, and he's a top seven player in the BPS system. So, if whatever value that has in anybody's decision making, you should just click the page and come, <laughs> come on, listen to us on this podcast because Yanam Villa is not really someone you want to really invest in. Neither is anybody on Sunderland, um, unless you're related to him and you have some obligation in form in this high holy season. Or you know, maybe if in the preseason you said Jermaine Lenz would kind of finish top twenty yeah. in his position. Yeah. What I mean, kind of crazy person would make such a claim? Yeah, I, I don't know. It's probably some guy who used to live in New York, went to the University of Cincinnati, and now, <laughs> now resides in Kentucky. And yeah, and is currently in Colorado. Colorado for no reason. Yep. That's not true. I'm out, I'm out here with family, man. It's the dang holidays. How? What, what are you doing for a dang holiday? Just hanging with the fam. Going to get some food, get some drink on, get my drink on. Yeah, yeah. All good plans. Uh, What was I going to say? Oh, Jeremy Lenz, really, his stock really tanked once... Uh, Sam Allardyce showed up because he is absolutely a luxury player, which is not something Sunderland can afford right now. Um, but uh, I'd taken him at Tottenham in a second. So anyway, uh, moving on to start sits. 
Uh, my my start sits are based on both fixtures. I know yours are kind of split up. I'll just kind of run through mine quickly, and then you can do your fancy, your brains working version. <laughs> um, at forward, and this is going to shock and amaze you, or you're just going to be like, yeah, okay. <laughs> Olivier Giroud at 9.0, facing Southampton, Bournemouth, and Newcastle. Southampton, clearly not the defense they have been, just mentioned with Van Dyke, haven't kept a clean sheet in five now. He's obviously on a very nice run. Seventh in shots on target in the league, four goals in the last five. A lot of people are worried about the impact that Alexis Sanchez will have, uh, but I, I can't even argue how well Giroud's playing at the moment, and I think you just kind of have to ride it till it stops. Now, I will say, as soon as you get a blip, I'd bail. Because we've seen him do this before, have great runs, and then just disappear for long stretches as well. But while it's going, I think there is a lot of value in having him. And Southampton and Bournemouth aren't as scary uh, for Giroud owners as they may have thought just a few weeks ago. Well, in the case of Southampton, right now people should be afraid of Bournemouth. Bournemouth are playing some really good football, and they're about to bring in Juan Manuel Aturbe. Because, sure, football's weird like that. Um, That's actually interesting. I might have to look into some of his stats in Serie A to see if he'd be worth adding, but I'm really losing my mind slowly on this show. Uh, in midfield, uh, I really hate it a whole lot, but Ross Barkley, the Newcastle defensive improved a little bit lately. Conce- no, no, we're going back to Ross Barkley. I know, I know. And by the way, me saying Ross Barkley is worth starting is why you should avoid him at all costs, because I have yet to have been right on Ross Barkley this entire season. He's he's the new Alexis Sanchez for me. Um, but uh, the fixtures aren't bad. I, I think you got to be pretty pleased uh, seeing him go up against Newcastle who have not been great. The Stoke matchup is a little more difficult, but they can be undone by players running throughout the pitch with the ball. They're really good against, you know, good passing sides. But I honestly think Russ Barkley can just kind of run through that midfield. It's actually one of the few weaknesses of that Stoke side ironically, is that their holding midfield just is not very good. Um, and I think Ross Barkley will be able to take advantage <laughs> as much as I love Volscheid. By the way, do you remember, like, week two of this? And I mentioned how much I liked Volscheid as a player, but didn't think he'd be good in fantasy. Yeah, now, he, now, yeah. He is, now he's both. Yeah, even when I'm right, I'm wrong. It's really incredible. <laughs> You're a huge contradiction, Kevin. <laughs> oh, man. But anyway, Barkley, I... I'm going to bring him into my side this week. I've finally given up on my hatred of him, which is how you know it's going to go horribly. Newcastle still have the second-worst defensive record in the league. Barkley continues to run the Everton team, despite us actually liking Gerard Delafeu, who I think is the official Everton player of this podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, even I have to bring him in this week, and we'll talk about that a little bit later, but unfortunately, Ross Barkley. Della Ali, the other name we already mentioned, I think has a, has a very good couple of matches here. Especially because he's playing further up the pitch now. Mm-hmm. Um, he's playing where we kept expecting Erickson to be, which is how he's getting these goals. Is because he's, at times, leading the line. Because we all know Harry Kane, at times, likes to be a supplemental striker, sitting back a little bit, letting the wings overlap. Um, and so, like, Del Ali is a legitimate goal threat now, which I think is something very few people would have pegged coming into this season. Um, so, yeah, that's the midfield and defense. I hate this part of the show every week because I'm always wrong. But, that having been said, the West Brom guys do have a great matchup again this week. This time against Swansea, who have failed to score a league high eight times this season. Tottenham and Stoke also have favorable matchups. Some people will be like, what? But Stoke are playing United and they're supposed to be good. But they're not, though, is the thing. Um, Not going to mention all the manager stuff. I couldn't be bothered right now. But Manchester United just can't find goals at the moment. And uh, Stoke have proven to be a very good uh, defensive side, while also playing attractive football at times. Um, so, yeah, I, Stoke is one of those surprise teams where I, like, I actually enjoy tuning into Stoke matches now. Yeah, um, yeah they're very uh, they defense, will, you defensively know what? aggressive. I will go on the record right now and say that Stoke will be the more entertaining team in that match. 
Oh, I completely agree. I, I'm gonna when we get into my sits, I'll, I'll bring up a point that I think is gonna happen. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. All right. Uh, do you want to do your uh, 18 yeah, and 19 starts, yeah. or I don't I'll know do, how you want to do yeah, that. I'll, mode. I'll do. My, I I broke mine into two separate parts because it's two separate weeks, and we don't have time to squeeze in another podcast. I know everybody would would adore us to do it, but you know we have lives, or I do at least anyway. <laughs> but but uh, I'll start in defense. I'll, I'll start with one of Kevin's guys. I'm going to start picking on Kevin's guys and hope that make him look better. You know, <laughs> you got to go with the antithesis and ownership of guys, especially on the defense. And you basically look on the same team as someone who's owned as much. And this is my strategy. I've gone into this a couple times before. I like taking the secondary guy next to the guy who's owned the most. So if you're looking at Crystal Palace this week, they take on Swansea. They're, Swansea is just, is not a consistent goal scoring team. I'm gonna and Gomez is always offside. It's amazing. Oh, yeah. He's constantly offside. Second most offside player in the top five leagues of Europe. Firmino has got to be up there too. He, he's constantly. Offside I don't think he's too. played enough to be up yeah. there, unfortunately. Firm, yeah, yeah, but yeah, percentage wise. Yeah. So, yeah. Shout out to John Wallen. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I sent him. I sent him a tweet during the game. I was like, "Oh, Firmino had a great game. Four offsides, half a dribble, one. Good, good game." But uh, yeah. Anyway. So on my defense, I'm going with Joel Ward. You know, Scott Dan is the more universally owned player. Crystal Palace is a good matchup against Swansea. Joel Ward's price, 4.4. Ownership, 5.4. You know, he's the anti-Dan this week. You know, if you're looking for a differential, that's your guy. Uh, midfield and forward, I'm going to basically do the guys that you touched on, but I'm going to give you different guys for the week 19. Della Ali, for me, in the midfield, is starting to become a must-own option. Uh you're getting you're getting at the bargain price and the low ownership rate right now. Seven percent ownership, five dot two. Uh, you know, it, it, you'd be stupid not to jump on it right now and get and gamble on a gamble on the kid. Uh, Spurs next two matches are Norwich and Watford. You know, if he gets a goal and an assist in, in the game, two both games combined, it's probably a win. Than trying to hope for something out of someone another midfielder or wishing that you brought in somebody else. I think Del Ali is the goods. I think he'll probably keep it up the rest of the year. Uh, I'll even be so bold, and I'll say he'll finish in the top 12 in fantasy scoring for midfielders. How about that? Uh, and forward, I have to agree with Kevin on this, too. Olivier Giroud in Week 18. Uh, I like all the points that you said about him, but I'll bring up one more. Six of his ten goals are on the road, and Arsenal is on the road. Uh, he's only owned in 12.5%. He's in, that, he's in that group of six forwards that are probably ownable. So it's not really that much of a shocked everybody's system that you're picking Olivier Giroud out but you know Arsenal's got a good match uh six of his 10 goals are on the road that's a telling stat for me and he's got four in his last what five games Kev something like that would you think? uh four, four and five games? yeah four and five yeah so I mean can't go wrong get the get the French Lois Griffin uh <laughs> so, shit James Roday <laughs> yeah so so I'll, I'll fly down my sits in week 18 it's basically I have Virgil van Dyke as my sit for defense. Southampton cannot get it together. They're all six sevens. You want to transfer him out immediately. Defense is the way to make up points this week because there's a good differential. and got There's a lot of great matchups this week that you can transfer money in and out. Uh, through the midfield and forward, I'm just going to pick on United guys because I think they have one universal goal, and that's to get LVG fired. Uh, so Juan Mata, still owned in 15% of leagues. I don't know why. Uh, and, and Anthony Martial, I know he got a goal, but... Like I said, it, the, the lights are going out on the, the LVG ship, and something's going to change there. And until it does, I think the personnel that is in place is just going to keep underperforming. And I think Stoke is going to basically play whatever system United wants to play this week and do it better. Uh, so that's my week 18. So I'll just jump right into my week 19. I'll do them, I'll do them pretty fast. Uh, I'll start with my starts. On defense, Gareth McCauley, West Brom, they're playing Newcastle. It's a great matchup. West Brom's got a good run, good string of games coming up. Mm. Uh, through the midfield, Jared Delafeu playing Stoke. Uh, like you said, Stoke is pretty big, pretty bad through the midfield, but Delafeu is very good on the wing and crossing the ball to the center. Uh, I think he probably gets an assist in that game. And up front, I'm going to go with a wild card. Uh, you know, one of the two games that Liverpool plays this week, somebody's going to get a good run, and then Benteke's going to get the other run. It's so hard to predict which, who's going to get what run. But I think Benteke gets the run in the second game only because Sunderland makes everyone happy. So, like Skittles. Um, so I think Benteke gets a, a good enough run there, and Klopp gives him a chance from the start instead of coming into the game late, late in like the 60th minute. So I think he probably gives you some good return. 
And my sips for week 19. Uh, this is kind of boring. It sounds like sandpaper on like a piece of sandpaper that I'm just talking and talking uh, and talking. Okay, let's break it up for a second. Um, <laughs> so I'm in the finals in both of my leagues in fantasy football. Yeah. I've lost OBJ in one of them, of he's, course, because of, because of the he's, suspension. He's not going to get suspended. You, th- you think it's going to get recalled? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Well, if it doesn't. I've, I picked up uh, Ted Ginn Jr. because all of a sudden he matters. I have Eddie Lacy still and have uh, Deshaun Jackson. Yeah. So assuming OBJ remains suspended, which he may not be, in all mm-hmm. fairness, mm-hmm. which way do you go? Deshaun Jackson, easily, 100%. Yeah? <clears throat> you're, you're not worried about this leg injury at all? Nope, nope. Him, his, his resurgence with Cousins. Cousins is a great fantasy play this week, too, if anybody's sitting out there waiting to... See if, if Cousins wants to play, but I like Cousins this week. I like the Redskins this week, and, and I'm a Giants fan saying this, so it's bad. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Deshaun Jackson is the guy to go there with. So good breakup, Kevin. Yeah, like that. no problem. Jumping, in, jumping into the other fantasy football, <laughs> very, very key. Yeah, it's the finals. How, how are you doing in your leagues? Um, well, one I already won. Oh wow! Oh, you have like the properly scheduled things, so you don't have to worry about yeah, things like yeah, Cam yeah. Newton getting benched if they win or lose. Yeah, or... yeah, yeah. One already won, and then one I'm in the in one I, one we actually play week seventeen. If Cam Newton, 17. if if the Panthers are up by three scores at halftime, do you think they keep playing Cam Newton? Well, they they were talking like they were going to sit him in the Giants game when they were up thirty five seven. Yeah, I know. So, and and I mean, Ron Rivera said he was thinking about it, yeah, but so I mean, I I think I think this is the week that, that if they're up by at least three scores with less than a quarter left, okay. he'll, he'll come out. But yeah, so I but I think he plays every game. I don't think he sits week seventeen. Either. What I think if they lose, they sit him week seventeen. Ooh, they might. I mean, they have nothing to play for. So. Who's even the backup there? At one point, it was Tony Pike. Go, you see. Uh, then it was Jimmy Clausen for a moment, but now he's, uh... Oh, is, is, it, is it Moore? Is it still Matt Moore? Oh, yeah, maybe. I have no idea. I don't know. That's Who knows? A, an obtuse question of the day. Who is the Carolina <laughs> Panthers backup quarterback? <laughs> uh, yeah. So, where were we? Where uh, match we? week 19. Who are you sitting? Week 19 sits. Uh, doing fast. Doing, I'm doing fast. Eric Peters for Stoke. Mm. They're going against Everton. I, I Everton like have been scoring so many so. goals. Yeah, I know. They, 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 they're just a scoring machine. They're big, hot American level. They're the Steelers' game. offense. Nobody yeah. can stop them. Yeah, totally. totally. If you don't score 30, you're still going you're gonna to lose. <laughs> yeah, right? Uh, it's yeah, How exactly. insane is that? The Broncos don't have the best cornerback, but they have the best three cornerbacks, depth-wise. Well, well, I mean, Akib, uh, 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 what's his name? Khalib is yeah. good. Crit, uh, Harris, Harris is good and Roby's good. Yeah, Harris hadn't given up two, a touchdown in two years. <laughs> then Brown did it twice. Yeah, I mean, God, you know, when when Ben and Antonio Brown are on the same page, there's just there's nothing yeah. you can do. Yeah, I mean, I, I liked how people said that. Oh, Antonio Brown isn't great because Richard Sherman sh- can shut him down. So he, he did it one game. Okay. Yeah. It, it's a completely he's a different player than he was then. So relax. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so midfield week nineteen sit Sadio Mane Southampton just avoid him for this whole stretch until maybe like i don't know president's day or down you know what save them for valentine's day they are saints you know that, that <laughs> probably makes sense uh and up top and it pains me to say this <gasps> but i'm gonna go with iggy sitting against Spurs. No! <laughs> i know it's so sad to think about who that who that yeah who do that, do that. <laughs> I do do why. <laughs> I, I tweet that every time he says. I know <laughs> you text it to me every time. He scores them goals and gold. Good. He's, he's he's awesome, but unfortunately, he's going against some guy's team that I think despise. <laughs> but he's going against Spurs, and defensively, I think I think they handle him enough to that he. If you're going to start him and you're hoping for multiples, he, I wouldn't. He, if he gets one, it, the game will probably be two to one Spurs. But, yeah. you know, he wouldn't get much more than just one. So, I mean, if you're looking for a, a multiple, I would probably look at other guys that that week. You know, you know, look at Giroux for the second game as well, the second week as well. Um, but Yeah, Tottenham's yeah, so, favorite thing is conceding just one goal. Yeah. Just yeah, to get rid of your clean sheet. Absolutely. <laughs> just, to, just to tarnish you, just enough <laughs> to piss you off. And, and, and it makes you stop. You know what it does? Watching Spurs makes you stop refreshing your fantasy team because you're like, oh, well, it let one in. So yeah. Now I don't have to look anymore. It's not going higher than two. Yeah. You know? Um, yeah, so 
So with the week in 18 and 19, Kev, you know, everybody's asking me what what direct moves I would do mm-hmm. to, to what guys do I like in week 18 that I hate in week 19 that would be like a like-for-like like transfer, you know. And I told you off the air, and I'm going to tell everybody now, that the best advice is for me is basically have a stacked bench that every player is usable. I know I said it before in this podcast as well. Basically, everybody in her bench, you, this is not the week that you want to have the Matt Targets or you know the Russell Martins on your bench from Norwich. This is the week where you want to load up and have you know five usable guys. That means you're going to have five usable midfielders, three usable forwards. You should have three usable forwards anyway, and five usable defenders. The goalie, not so much. I mean, yeah, you should worry about it, but the goalie really doesn't exert himself as much as everybody else does and i think he can recover in three days and if he's and if he's the team's number one he's gonna play regardless uh but for me this week 18 to 19 is all about changes defensively i wouldn't worry so much about marquee matchups for the forwards and the midfielders because if if your guy's a star and on a team he's most likely gonna play both games and you can't really sit you're not gonna go out and sit you know, you're not going to sit in Mesut Ozil because, you know, oh, I don't trust him against Bournemouth when, you know, oh, I like I like Chiquiote against, you know, Southampton in the second game. No, it's you're not going to do that because the, the points for this week and the points to make up, especially on a differential basis, are completely, completely, to me, clean sheet driven. So to me, that's where the, my transfers and my focus point would be on – Say I had one transfer in week 18 and one transfer in week 19 only, and I couldn't take a hit and couldn't do anything else. Those, that's what I would do. I'm completely look on defense. How do you feel about this situation with week 18 and week 19, Kev? Yeah, I mean, it makes a lot of sense. There's a lot of points to be gained or lost over this period. I, unfortunately, am... Uh, I, mm, I don't know how to say this to maintain people's respect. Um, as I mentioned before, I came from a draft background, so this has not been as big of an issue for me, and it's not something that I'm, I feel versed in enough to be, you know, this is what you should do. But yeah, I, I think there's definitely merit to swapping out guys, especially at similar price points, just to kind of capitalize on that potential. I, I did want to touch on one of your starts that I did take umbrage with, which was, um, mentioning, uh, Benteke. Or, unfortunately for him, that makes him a Liverpool forward. Just a few stats for you. Liverpool forwards have 28 total shots on target this season. All Liverpool forwards, including Ings before he got hurt. That is behind Igalo, Kane, and Vardy as individuals. All Liverpool forwards. That's awful. Only 10 goals, uh, which is worse than a lot of people as well. Five players have the same amount or more goals than the entirety of Liverpool's strike force, including Divock Origi, Danny Ings, Sturridge, Benteke, and Firmino. Five players have more goals. It's not great. No, that's, so, that, that's awful. Yeah, so I know everybody's like pointing at, at uh, Louis van Gaal and saying United have no attack. Uh, and everybody is super enamored with Klopp, although there may have been questions about that over the past couple of weeks. But don't get it twisted. This Liverpool attack is not great. Um, so anyway, I, I would uh, actually be on the other side of that. Um, another thing that bears mentioning about this Week 18-19 topic is that if you have been smarter than us <laughs> and kept your wild card this whole time, you have to use it by the 28th. Otherwise, it will go away and you will never get to use it again. So, kind of continuing your point about your 18 and 19 guys, if you have a full wild card, are there any specific moves you'd be trying to make with it? Uh, I would look for guys with good double-week matchups, especially on defense. I'd look at guys that are playing in form. I'd probably grab two Spurs defensemen. Um, I'd probably grab a Crystal Palace defenseman or two only because both their fixtures are decent enough that you can't go wrong with any of them. And the clean sheet there is probably in their favor. You know, the game, a game against Swansea and a game against Bournemouth. I mean, it's not 100% in stone because Bournemouth is, is showing what, that they can be something. Uh, through the midfield, 
I, I think you go four chalk guys if you don't have the chalk guys already. Mm. Um, you know, like Otsul, Mares, Barkley. And then, you know, you can add two guys at your own discretion. I'd probably have a city. I'd probably have one of the city midfielders in there myself, either Silver or De Bruyne. And then the fifth guy could be your, you know, your your own personal wild card, whether you go Della Ali, you know, Felipe Coutinho, whoever, whoever you think. Would. You're the person that still owns Nathan Redmond. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> seriously. Uh, yeah. Don't I mean, don't do that. By the way, we were yeah, joking. Don't yeah, don't don't, do don't bring in Redmond and then blame us, yeah. please. But but if you're doing it and you're using your wild card, I'd probably want to have some kind of differential on my team, mm. whether whether it be on defense, like I like implore my strategy, picking the the second highest percentage guy on a team. You know, speaking of, speaking of that, Kyle Walker has sneakily been having a very good both real life season and fantasy season. He's, he's in, in a, a in year. a season where. Dyer, Toby, and Rose are all more highly rated, both in real life and in fantasy. Kyle Walker continues to sending tons of chances, especially in weeks when Rose misses, which hopefully won't continue, but Rose missed last week due to illness. And once again, we saw what Kyle Walker can do, where he was the right winger that mm-hmm. entire match. There was no mm-hmm. one else. Lamela had tucked in, Ali had dropped, and Erickson was on the left. And I caught myself, I was like, who's our right winger? And Seifu, the uh, producer of the EPL Roundtable, was like, Wait, is Kyle Walker our winger? And he straight he's, up was. He's playing like he was three years ago when everybody was like, wow, Kyle yeah. Walker. Young you know, player of the year, Kyle Walker. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he has that aggressiveness to be like a defensive Gary Delafeu. Yeah, like, I like it. I mean, but but yeah. And then getting back to who, who I would use mm, my wildcard yeah, for forwards. Uh, you're probably, you're, everybody's using the same forwards, so why would you change anything different? Uh, it, it's Vardy, Agalu, and Lukaku. That Use the chalk. Don't go anywhere. Be a lemming, be a fantasy lemming, and do what everybody else is doing, and then walk into the ocean. Yeah, you mentioned in uh, Start Sit that maybe you'd be sitting a Gallo. I, I assume you don't mean selling him, but just playing no, five midfielders. Yeah, I, but I if you go were forward. going to replace him with another forward, just one, not out of the six, just one, who would you pick? Any forward I can pick that I like. You mean like anybody? Yeah. Because my guess is it's not Aguero. Which is crazy. Drogba. It's going to be Didier <laughs> You know that the Premier League isn't on the European continent, right? Yeah, I know. <laughs> hey, he did something that Abraham Lincoln couldn't do. Stop the Civil War. <laughs> you, you know, know what? what? You're not yeah. wrong. I'm not wrong. He did it. And he did it. And you know what he did it? He said, he said we should play football and not fight. And they're like, so, you know what? That has a lot of merit. <laughs> yeah, I mean... He's a legend. I, you know, we. It's funny that we actually said that. By t- by the time this podcast comes out, there'll probably be more more news on this. But uh, the Montreal Impact put out a letter that they hope to have Didier Drogba back for the 2016-17 season, which and, starts in March, by the way. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> but he's in, but he's in Chelsea, and Goose Hiddink wants him on his staff of some in some capacity. Mm. So whether that be a player or an advisor or. Uh, maybe a new physio. I don't know. <laughs> he, could be, he could be whatever. He could be the new Ava. Yeah. But but yeah. So um, <laughs> but that's the the breaking news from the the the, the podcast du jour today. Yeah. I didn't do. I wish to do the news at eleven. This just in. Yeah. Right. Tragic blimp accident over the over the Rose Bowl parade. Good year. Nah, the worst. <laughs> that's solid um what was i gonna say oh tottenham fans are getting excited because they think that we're gonna sign mishi Batshuayi. yeah uh I, guess I what's not gonna happen at all i see this is the problem is the actual story is that we opened negotiations which by the way i imagine went something like this ring hello yeah <laughs> hello. can we have mishi Batshuayi? i don't know i don't think so <laughs> okay, we'll give you ten million pounds. We want like forty. Yeah, no, exactly. And then that was the opening and closing of discussions. <laughs> and then, but then people, and this always happens on Twitter. We open negotiations with Mizubajuai. Tottenham deep in negotiations. Tottenham close to signing. Tottenham signed. And you're like, no, 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 no. Slow down. None of that's happening. He's their only forward. Yeah. It's not gonna happen at all. Anyway, yeah, well, it's that, fun. It's, this this time of year, especially these next couple next God, month, is January is going to kill me. Riddle with, with rumors. Yeah. 
Oh, uh, while we're talking about uh, random uh, stuff. Oh, the, um, the, the guys we like in week 18 and week 19, like for like. So yeah. my, my, my philosophy this week to do transfers is based on defensive. I would probably shift from one defenseman to the next. The number one guy I would look at, and I don't think he's going to play both games, and you could probably agree with me, Kev, but I don't think Alexander Kolarov plays both games. Yeah, nor games. do I. You know, so he's in week 18, you're probably going to play him. I think he plays the first game and then sits the second game. So if you don't own a Crystal Palace guy, it's a natural change. Go from caller off to Scott Dan. Easy, easy peasy. Same thing in week, week 18. Wait, you meant, but is it lemon squeezy? No, I mean, it's like maybe maybe lime. Or maybe. like lemon zesty? Maybe. it's Like, like you're not bacon. fully squeezing it, but you're like shaving a little bit off to give like a little bit of flavor. Yeah, a little zester. I have a zester, I think. It's a little thing. It looks like a... It looks, it looks like a little, tiny cheese grater. Yeah. Yeah. One little. It's got one thing on it. Mm-hmm. One yeah. Uh, second guy, all defensemen. I'm going all defensemen because that's where I think the points could be made up easily. Because you're going after clean sheets because that's where the most points happen for defensemen. You know, you may get an assist or a, a goal here and there, but guess what? You're still chasing that 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 you know that, that heroin dragon called clean sheet. Uh, week 18, I like Kyle Walker. Week 19. Mm. I could see who's transferring to like a Nacho Monreal. Yeah. Uh, and then that, that's third, a really good shout. Yeah. Uh, and then the last one, uh, week 18, Aaron Cresswell. You know, West Ham, they've played three consecutive 0 0 games. Yeah. And they play Aston Villa. It's looking like four zeros in a row for West Ham. Yeah. Can I uh, can I get us way too hyped? I just killed the hype on Michi Betchoy to Tottenham. But can we raise the hype? On the fact that Dimitri Payet is a month and a half ahead of schedule. Yep. Set to return to training next week. Next Are week, you buying he... in the first week he appears? No. he he's Well, I mean, I know he's going to train. I read. I probably read the, the same article you did. I, but I read it, like, I think I read it yesterday. Somebody, mm. somebody said something yesterday. That he would go into training next week, but then need two to three weeks to continue to get into fitness. So, it's still probably like, like three weeks away. He's at least three weeks away. Yeah, Basically but still, doing. Lanzini and Piat both ahead of schedule, mm-hmm. recovery-wise. Awesome. I want to go so, there. So I, I was all bailing on West Ham, and so this is why I think Cresswell is a really interesting shout. Because a thing that a lot of people don't talk about in fantasy, but is obviously a thing in real football, is attack contributes to defense. If West Ham have the ball more, and they have Piat and Lanzini charging forward, teams will have less time to be pressing them in their own half. And I think mm-hmm. it benefits a player like Cresswell, who I also agree is a very good fantasy option. But anyway, I just got really excited when you said West Ham <laughs> because I, among many others, kind of wrote West Ham off till February because that's when we were hearing everyone was out till. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, Diafrasako as well, who I think is a really interesting option. But uh, yeah, it looks like they're they're going to be bolstered here pretty soon. Yeah. So so for the to get back on the uh, the defenseman for defenseman for week eight. You sure you don't want me to interrupt you again? You can. You can do it again. Give, me, right. another, give, give me another one. One more. Go. No, no, it's going to be a surprise. All right, cool. So, so Aaron Questwell for week, week 18, and then if you, don't, if you don't like to you don't like him on your team and you can't settle, how about going to like an Alberto Moreno for, the, for week 19 at, for Liverpool? They play, they play Sunderland. I know Liverpool's defense is shaky. But, you know, you're playing the clean sheet, Dragon. You want to chase the points, and Sunderland is a good place to ch- chase, as is Aston Villa, as in as – in, Anybody who has a clean sheet, West Ham's a great, you know, train to jump on both weeks. But I just like Moreno the second game only because they're playing Sunderland. Uh, and that's that, that's Odell Beckham Jr.'s one game suspension is upheld by the NFL. Told you. What did I say? I said what? Eighteen minutes ago on the podcast. No, it's upheld. He doesn't get to play. <laughs> the appeal wasn't approved. The suspension was upheld. There will be no Odell Beckham Jr. for this guy this week. Well, there you go. You're starting Deshaun Jackson then. <laughs> I'm not starting Ruben Randall, largely because he's not a good football player. No, if you're going to start anybody, you'd want Harris, Dwayne Harris. Mm. Uh, what about Larry Donald? What happened to him? Who? Larry Donald. Oh, Larry, Larry Donnell. He, he no oh, it's problem. Donnell? <laughs> Donnell. <laughs> That's, uh, you mean Donnell? Yeah. But, yeah, so I think Donnell's on IR. I think he's done for yeah. the year. I liked him early in the season. He was all right. He, yeah, he fumbles a lot. But Deshaun Jackson is your play, man, yeah. for your team. Um, oh, does it change anything that my opponent has Cam Newton? Is there any 
benefit to hamstringing his quarterback. Uh, who are your other starting wide receivers? Uh, Julio and Eric Decker. And Julio does have a tough matchup against Josh Norman, but did get 88 yards against him last time. Mm-hmm. You can't sit Julio. Oh, he's no, gonna no. Get, He's going to get fed a lot. Yeah. You dance with who brought you. And Decker is interesting to me because he's not going to get the Malcolm Brown treatment because that's mm-hmm. going to be safe for Brandon Marshall because they've already been drawing to each other this yep. week. Uh, and he gets a touchdown every single week. Yeah, and he's going against New England, and I think the Jets put up a good fight against New England, mm-hmm. to be honest. Uh, you know what? I I don't think you can start. You know what? It'd probably be a game-time decision. If you're leery on Deshaun Jackson's health and all that, I'd probably go with Ted Ginn there. Only yeah. because your opponent has Cam Newton, so you got to play that. So at least I'm team. getting like two plus points to every touchdown. You know, assuming exactly. he doesn't run in like six, which he could because oh, totally. it's the totally. fantasy playoffs and screw Cam Newton. Yeah, but God, yeah, he, so, dude, he got drafted for four years in a keeper league, or for four dollars. Who did Newton? Uh, yeah, it's crazy. He, he, everybody was sleeping on him, right? and he was so deep in the rankings that everybody had already spent. Mm-hmm. And then one guy was like, "Oh, <laughs> who's this?" Yeah. Uh, it's like everybody basically drafting Carson Palmer as their second quarterback. I got I got Roethlisberger and Palmer yeah. when everybody was overpaying for quarterbacks. Carson Palmer. That's one of the reasons I'm there is because I had Palmer to ride out while Roethlisberger was out. So. Carson Palmer has been legit magic this year. I yeah. mean, he's just awesome. Dalton as so well. I hate he Andy Dalton. So in control. But yeah. You know the, that that Cardinal team is going to be tough, tough, tough. I, I mean, it's easier now that Tyron Matthews out, dude. We actually need to talk about the sport that this podcast is about. Um, <laughs> one uh, question for you before we move on to what we're doing in our teams: uh, Does being in the cup do anything to your thought process? Like, do you ever look at your opponent and think this guy doesn't have this guy? Maybe I should bring him in. Or are you just like I'll play my team, and if I progress, I progress, and if not, I'm not worried about it. Oh, because this week starts that cups, the yep. cup challenge thing. You know what? I looked at my opponent's team this week, and it's garbage, and I'm going to mess them up bad. You know? <laughs> so you're not worried about it? Yeah. So that, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know what? I'm going to play my team regardless of who my opponent is. I'm not looking to, you know, yeah. go out and be like, you know, I'm going to win the cup in round one. Guess what? There's 2,970,000 other people in this damn thing. So yeah. <laughs> you have to go through so many rounds of elimination before you even get there. But and, yeah, so I'm not, even, look, of, I'm not even looking at his team. Yeah, in the mean, words I mean, of I mean, some I mean, Hall of Fame coach, uh, I'm only in control of one team out of 32. Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah, I'm that's not, real. I'm not worried. I'm, I'm worried about accumulating points and winning winning in my mini leagues and doing well for myself. Gotcha. All right, who's your captain for your team this week? Captain? You know what? I'm looking at two guys. I have two two city, two city midfielders. And De Bruyne and Silva. Oh uh, man, Silva's killing me right now. I love yeah. him so much, but oh, you know what? I think this is a Silva week. I think it, it, it has I think to be. This but is it. Would you agree with me that it has to be this week? If he doesn't if it, do if it this it, week, if it isn't, he's gone. Yeah. for me. Yeah. So this is this is the week that make or break. Either Silva, Silva, either no offense, shits or get off the pot. For yep. Me. Yep. Um, and it's either him or Lukaku for me. Those are the only two captains options on my team. I wouldn't do Agallo. I wouldn't do Vardy. No, uh, Mares. Uh, you. You know what he? I don't. I don't. I hate doubling down. I hate it. I yeah. always get burned. I always get burned <laughs> with it. I always get burned. I'm fine so, with it because I I wrote a Gallo for a month. That's true. I did that for two weeks in a row, and the Gallo did well for me. But mm. you know, I, I Mars against Liverpool. It's I mean, tempting. Liverpool without Skirtle as well. I'm not saying Skirtle's good. I'm just saying they're mm-hmm. going to have to adjust. Oh, by by the way, can we talk about how bad Mamadou Sacco looks in, in real life as a football player? Oh man, it's not good. I heard he tried out for the Canadian ice skating team because he looked like he was on ice skates. <laughs> that one when he just like slid down. Oh my god! He's like, he where? So what? <laughs> and I, I loved all the people saying that he's going to be on Real Madrid's starting team oh come it, like next year. I'm like, yeah. who? That's Real adorable. Madrid's what team? Second team? Third team? <laughs> Their B team? <laughs> he's going to be teammates with uh, Martin Odegaard in the <laughs> Real Madrid B side. <laughs> yeah. Okay, uh, fair enough. I'm rolling Mares. I I don't love things. And this is actually going to transfer really well into what we're doing with our teams. <laughs> I'm rolling with Maris because going into last week, I loved my midfield. I genuinely did. I talked about it. It was the first time this season when I was really pleased with my team. I thought I had a great chance to do a lot of big things. West Ham obviously struggling. Thought Andre AU had an excellent chance. Christian Eriksen I thought had a very good chance up against the Southampton team that he had scored four goals in his last five against them. 
David Silva is David Silva. It didn't care that it was Arsenal. You know, you look at the stats, assists, chances created, stuff like that. Ever since he's come into the league, he's first for all of it. And Jimmy Wijnaldum had the perfect matchup play against Aston Villa. I thought I was five deep. Oh, because I have Mahrez, obviously. I thought I was five deep at midfield last week. And I have awoken this week to a very stark view of my midfield. So, I want to bring in Barkley because I don't care that I'm late. We've talked about this before. I don't mind being late. I honestly thought Delafeu was going to take over more of the creative responsibilities. I thought Barkley was lucking into a lot of points. But unfortunately, the underlying stats do actually support him being this player and that this isn't a blip upwards, that this might actually be his level now. Also, don't mind Della Ali. But we'll start with Barkley. Out of Wijnaldum, Erickson, and Ayu, who would you most want to drop? Uh, Ayu. Yeah, that's 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 exactly where I'm leaning as well. Because Wijnaldum has that upside, and we were talking about that kind of um, upside play as your differential. I'm almost okay having Wijnaldum in my team every week for that one week when he vaults me up the standings with mm-hmm. a random 10 points yeah. when nobody has him. I yeah, I'd agree with AU, and I'm legitimately thinking of switching Erickson to Della Ali. Like, straight up. Well, I mean, you could do that. He's more productive. He's more Just productive. At the end of the day, price, he's more it, productive. I mean, I know you don't need the money, probably. But yeah, at all. I mean, I, I do, because I brought in I spent more money now, so I don't know. What did you do? Did you bring Alexis in or something? No, I, I, I brought in Silva, and then I brought in Lukaku up top. Oh, because you have Silva and De Bruyne now. Yeah, Silva and yeah. De Bruyne. So, I have... I, I sat De Bruyne last week, and I said it on the podcast to do so, and I was right. Yep. Um, I, well, Silva we need to brag when we're, right, when we're right more. I feel like I always talk about my mistakes to come across as more relatable, but it's flirting with the line of people being like, why do I listen to you? Yeah, they're, <laughs> never, they're never wrong. Yeah, I need to brag more. Go listen to me on Fan Feud. Tell all, all of the other guys that uh, yeah, Chelsea totally. players were worth owning when they were all like, nah. But, yeah, there's only one really worth owning in this format. Uh, I I think, well, Ivanovic's price is too high. But he Mm -hmm. has started to be that threatening player. He easily could have had another goal at the weekend. Um, Well, I'll I'll give you this. More goals the rest of the season. Ivanovic or Kurt Zuma? Oh, Ivanovic is not close. Uh, Really? I'll take that bet. Really? Yeah, absolutely. What are we betting? Uh, Firstborn child. No. Um, No. My favorite, uh, my favorite potted geranium. Hmm. We'll think of something good. Headphones. <laughs> Headphones. I should get home from anyway. <laughs> well, a little peek behind the curtain here at the FBL roundtable. I'd agree with that. But yeah, I am honestly thinking about bringing both Barkley and Ali into my team this week. I do have two free transfers. There's no point in waiting because I'm not going to get three magically. Mm-hmm. Already spent my wild card for this half of the year. So, yeah, I think I might be uh, making both of those moves, which would make my team vastly different. I still like my back line. I realize that Kolarov is going to be one game on, one game off, but I'm fine with that. I'm fine with Rose Dawson and Ward as my three. Mm -hmm. They are not the most owned players. They offer a lot. Um, And I'm fine with that. We've we've had a discussion many times. I straight up always believe in wingbacks more than centerbacks, which will hurt me sometimes because they're less goals, but... Yeah. I want to interrupt you for a second. Now, you mentioned Kolarov. Are you getting leery that Kolarov is still an ownable option? And would you shift your focus onto the, another city defenseman like Sanya or... <laughs> I will tell you why I'm okay with it. And it's that, A, I haven't played him in two weeks. Mm-hmm. He's come off, He came off my bench last week because um, Danny Rose was sick, which we didn't know till. Yeah, same thing with me. Yeah. Same, same thing. Um, but I'm fine with Kolarov because everyone is selling on him right now. I got in on him at 5-9, and company is back in training this week, which yeah. is 100% of what the problem is. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I honestly think that the city defense is going to be on the up oh, after cool. this. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm fine playing Kolarov. And it's, it's crazy, but because the money is so messed up this year, mm-hmm. I have no problem putting a 6.0 defender on my bench when I'm playing 4s to 5s. I, I just don't. And Rose Dawson and Ward have all had decent matchups lately. The Dawson thing really screwed me last week. I really thought West Brom were going to be much better. And before I talked about how attack can impact defense, no Solomon Rondon up front for West Brom is very much going to damage how they play. 
Um, no, totally. But I, I think Dawson, and this is why I love wingbacks, is because they can create their own opportunities as opposed to center backs that need to have them created for them. I know yeah. you love Dan, but it's why I love Ward. You love Toby. It's why I love Rose. It's just those those kinds of things. I always go wing back, so I'm I'm fine with those guys. So yeah, I'll probably change my midfield, but I'm comfy with that back line. I I could end up deciding not to switch to Della Ali this week, just because I I just know that as soon as I drop Erickson, he's gonna have that game mm-hmm. where everybody's gonna bring him in. But you mentioned it's a bad time to have Matty Target. You want to have a fully usable lineup, and I do still have him as my one price dump. Mm-hmm. So that might be a thing that I, I address. Maybe look at that and bring in somebody else at that position. Yeah. And for myself, I'm really I'm not doing anything this week. I am going to sit and because I don't need anybody that's on defense. I'm, I can have Van Dyke and have, have him be my last sub. I don't need him to play. You know, I, could still, I can have Kolarov play. If he plays, play the first game. And then after this week, don't forget, there's another game three day, four days after this this. Yep. Week nineteen, so I'm I'm gonna have two transfers for week nineteen, and then if somebody gets injured on my team, I'll have I'll use one to replace them, and then still have two for week twenty. Yeah. So I'm trying to look ahead a little bit. And then and then you start getting into the transfer window when things start exactly. getting crazy. So yeah, that's a that's a very good mindset to be exactly. in. Exactly. I mean, I'm just trying to I'm I'm happy with my team. There's nothing on there that I really I need to change. You know, I I have my whole goal. I have Suarez, Kolarov, Rose, Van Dyke, and Toby on defense. Mm. Coutinho, De Bruyne, Silva, Mares, Otsul through the middle, and then Lukaku, Galavardi up top. Yeah, because who can't? You you literally can't afford to not have those three unless you want to pick up Giroud because we both said he could have a good week. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean, unless you're a little little nervous about Vardy, he's got a little hamstring issue. Yeah, know. or if you're I, worried about Agallo's matchups, which you mentioned, yeah. do get pretty rough pretty fast. But mm-hmm. in the words of a certain FPL chief, you, you tend to go with the form over it. But mm-hmm. <laughs> the next four, Chelsea, Spurs, City, Southampton. And I know Southampton have struggled, but the defensive talent is there. Same with City. They've been struggling. As soon as company's back, they're obviously a very strong side. Spurs' defense has yeah. been potent all season. And Chelsea have been turning things around, even yeah. despite the Mourinho sacking. That was one of the reasons I was frustrated with the Mourinho sacking, is because it, the turnaround had already started. Mm-hmm. But... Yeah. The results didn't come this way. And I've mentioned this on the EPR roundtable. I think a lot of these sackings and calls for sackings is players having an antiquated view. I think I mentioned this last week. An antiquated view of how good other teams are. Yeah. Where you're like, you can't lose those matches if you're Jose Mourinho. But you can this year. It's happening to everyone. It's why Arsenal, and as much as I hate this, are probably title favorites right now. Mm Because they're the only team not dropping points. Yeah. I mean, you know, if Watford's going to prove what, that they're a top, you know, eight one point off fourth, how crazy is that? I know, but if they're going to prove that they're a top eight team by the end, they of the have season, to this, win. This they stretch, have to win two of those four. They have, yeah, they have, they have to take. I think they have to take five points from those four games. Okay, at least yeah, yeah, at minimum. Fair. Yeah, at minimum five points. It's probably easier to get two wins than to get well. Yeah, a win but two I'm goals, giving yeah. them five points. They're going to yeah, have yeah. one. They'll win definitely win one. Yeah. So if they tie another two, that'd be bonus. But if they win one, interesting. If they win one, Chelsea, Tottenham, City, Southampton, who do you think it's against? Southampton. Okay. I think they tied Chelsea. Yeah. I could yeah. see that. It just because of Gallo's pace. Mm-hmm. That, that Chelsea's defense just doesn't know how to cope with pace right now. No. I mean, the, the only defenseman that's there that, that can cover pace is, is you know, because he has good – I think he's got a good instinct for a first step mm. is, is Zuma. I know he's, yeah. a, he's a clod, but, I mean, he's still got – He's like really long legged. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah. Cool. I'm a Watford fan, so it doesn't mean anything. Yeah, I'm definitely enjoying what I'm seeing from them, and I think it was uh, maybe not a good move, but I'm glad they didn't get a Turbe. I think it would have kind of taken a little bit of the shine off of how they're doing it this year. Yeah, it's um, going to be interesting to see. And I'm glad for what they bring in. I think that's a very interesting move. Because yeah. they I, they lost Grudel so early on. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I'm. Interested to see what Watford can do, knowing that they're going to have. I think they're probably safe that they're going to stay up now, unless mm. something catastrophic happens the rest of the year. You know, they're going to have that excess of income in January that they know they're going to get for the next season with the TV money. Right. It'd be interesting to see if they they take an initial investment in some talent in this January transfer window. It, it's just a it's just a 
fun thing to think about. I know the rumors go, run rampant for every team, but it, Watford's one of those teams that, that they know, did it in the summer too. Cause everybody was saying, you know, are they doing what QPR did? Will they be mm-hmm. able to make it an actual squad? Yeah. And then, you know, they did very well. Okay. So, uh, in the mode of, of Twitter, which we're obviously both on at Kevroff at Smokey underscore Lugie. What what do you think is going to be the biggest transfer into the Premier League in January? Just random crap thrown at a wall. The biggest name? Or the mm. the biggest uh, yeah yeah sure name fantasy impact something I literally just thought of this because I I'm, my brain's half asleep. I can just I'll just I'll just be bored and just say I'll say I'll be I'll say bail. How's that? I'll bail to Tottenham. Bail. Sounds good. Yeah. <laughs> um, Bailing uh, United, how's that? Mine, mine is Sophie and Fagouli to Tottenham. Already Sophie friends with Nabil Bentaleb. Nice. Only a year left, or no, half year left on his contract. He'll be a free in the summer, which mm-hmm. he would not come to Tottenham. I think if we walk in, offer somewhere in 15 to 20, we get what who I deem to be a world-class player. Yeah. And uh, I think that'd be great. I have gotten some pushback on this because we already brought in Youngman's son. But Clinton and G's out for a while. We've already played Sun as a nine-ish to replace mm-hmm. Harry Kane. I think it'd be very hard for us to get in a striker at a reasonable price in January. So my idea, bring Fuguli in, play Sun up top where he plays for Korea anyway. Mm-hmm. See if he shakes it out there. If not, we just have another very talented player. This Tottenham team is a star away from making a legitimate push for, think, for Europa second, League and yeah, deep in think, the season. I think they're a second striker away. Yeah. I think they need us. I think they need somebody who could take uh, late in the game, change of pace. But but that's what Sun could be because he's very pacey. He's very direct. You're more worried about him with his front to you as opposed to Kane, who can mm-hmm. muscle you back and then play an excellent balls to other people. So that's that's my crazy thing. And if you're like Tottenham, uh, Kevin has some Tottenham connections, uh, vague ones, but this is not from that. Uh, this is absolute bullcrap that yeah. I just think. Could happen, makes sense. I'm literally making this off of the fact that Nabil Bentaleb and him are friends and Tottenham need a world-class player. That's entirely yeah. where I'm coming from. Uh, and he could be cheap-ish. Yeah. Uh, and uh, to your point about Watford, um, you know, the, they say that the point you need to hit is 40 points. Mm-hmm. It's really 38. People just like rounding because it's easier. Uh, Watford already on 28 points. Mm-hmm. Three wins and they're safe. So... Mm-hmm. Uh, I do agree that they can probably look at that Premier League money from next season and already start spending it because yeah. it's very unlikely that they'd be able to fall out of that area. Do you it's, think it's, Bournemouth stay up with their recent performances? You know, I, I think they probably have enough. I mean, they look okay. Look Villa and Sunderland Swansea. are done. So the question Swansea, is, who else? Swansea looked awful. So yeah, uh, it's tough to say now. It's just I'm going to say know. Norwich drop. The the shine has gone off them so much. I'm going to say I mean, it's they, Villa, Sunderland, and Norwich at the moment. They just have no stars there. The, they do. They have Mbokani, who's so oh, much stop. better than Cameron Jerome. I, and I and I love Dyer Mertens, but he, he's not. He's know. better than Cameron Jerome. Give me I'll that. Told, I'm better than Cameron Jerome. <laughs> <laughs> and there's our title. <laughs> yeah, Rob is better than Cameron Jerome. Done and done. Tell the yeah. folks where they can find you. As always, you can find me at soccer.rasball.com. And on Twitter, you can find me at Smokey underscore Loogie. That's L-O-O-G-Y. And on this podcast, hosted by EPL Index. And you can find me anywhere, really. I'm, I'm all about. I'm in the souls of many children. What about you, Kev? That was really creepy. Um, I'm on Twitter at uh, Kevroff. You can find me over at blog.playtelga.com and theeaglesbeak.com. Host of this show, obviously, also the EPL Roundtable with the preview shows on Fridays, the review show on Mondays. There will not be an EPL Roundtable up this Friday because it's Christmas and it would be hard to get guests to record on Christmas Eve and it'd be hard to get listeners to care about us at all on Christmas Day. Uh, And we'll kind of keep everybody updated to the schedule as we continue, but it does look like we will be doing another fantasy show next week, correct? Absolutely. Great, so we'll be recapping match weeks 18 and 19 by that point right because the last match is on wednesday yeah wednesday uh, it'll be we'll, be we'll be recording when the last game just ends right yeah and then we'll preview uh obviously match week 20 from there uh and then we'll, we're trying to have an epl roundtable up for this monday and friday but uh again check the twitter at epl roundtable for the for the latest updates on that as we are at our guests mercy on who's willing to pry themselves away from their families to talk footy for an hour with us completely 
Yep. All right. Well, uh, happy holidays to you, man. Uh, you too. As well, everybody at home, have a safe and happy holiday. Yeah, do that. Um, feel free to drink. It's the easiest way to deal with uh, family. We we both enjoy it. Yeah, we do. Uh, and if uh, people bring up political things, just talk to them about how overrated Ross Barkley is. There you go. Yeah. Actually, that, I'm going to try that. Every time things get weirdly tense, just be like, what do you think? Actually, uh, shout out to my cousin AJ Huffman, who's here right now. Uh, when I was coming up with this and I wasn't sure who to put for my start in the midfield, I had a couple options I was going through. I was like, hey, who do you think I should start in the midfield? Uh, and his shout was uh, Gerard Delafeu because uh, he thought it sounded cool. Uh, I like this guy already. He's not wrong. He's not wrong. So if Gerard Delafeu has a big week, I'll tweet out his Twitter. <laughs> Maybe we can turn him into a pseudo-expert. Like, uh, this is not meant to be disparaging in any way, but everybody has that girl at the office that wins the NCAA bracket pool every year. Oh, yeah, yeah, It's yeah. like, I liked their colors. And you're like, I studied oh. this for so long. Yeah. University of Chicago, Illinois won because they're a better place to shop. My favorite one was the one was uh, which mascot would beat the other one. So, like... UK versus Stanford, well, a wild cat could scratch up a tree. So, UK wins. I've always wanted to just take the piss one year and do that. But, uh, anyway, this has been fun as always. That's Rob at Smokey underscore Louie. I'm Kevin at Kevroth. Pleasure speaking to you again, man. Happy holidays to all of you listening, and we hope you continue to do so. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.